recent travels with our shepherd preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on March 16, 1975. This is the first sermon preached following the surgery which I had in November of 1974. The text is the 23rd Psalm, scripture reading, John, the 10th chapter, the 7th through the 18th verses. Thank you for the great singing of that great hymn. <clears throat> Bakerstown Church is honored again. Karen Johns, junior at Mars High School, has been selected to be representative for the American Field Service. She's with us today. She leaves Saturday for Thailand. Todd Atkinson just returned a few weeks ago, similar assignment to Costa Rica. Now Karen leaves us for the year to a far country. And I know I speak for all of us when I say our prayers and thoughts will be with you, Karen. John, the 10th chapter, the 7th verse. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not heed them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He was a hireling and not a shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is on hireling and because nothing and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. As the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will heed my voice. So there shall be one flock, one shepherd, for this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This charge I have received from my Father. Amen. <coughs> Seventeen weeks ago, I charged you people with the idea that God gives all life. I still believe that from the depths of my soul. God gives all life, and that includes your life and my life. 
and God guides us, O thou great Jehovah, through this barren land. We're told in the scriptures that God will not lose faith with the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the grass of the field. And I think we can honestly say he does not lose faith with the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. God is very good to each one of us. Yet I've been claiming for many, many years, long before the recent travels that I've had with our shepherd, that before anyone, anyone can fully understand the power, the presence, the providence of the good shepherd, that person has to experience what I call some sheep experiences. In the last four, four and a half months, that's exactly what has been happening to me. I've been having some sheep experiences. I'm not alone. Many of you have had them far more severe than have I. But I was made made to lie down in the green pastures. I wasn't asked. I wasn't requested. I was forced to lie down in green pastures. And I didn't like it. Like any red-blooded, alive, awake, anxious sheep, I didn't like it. But I didn't have much to say about it. And it made me understand something about sheep. Unless you're a sheep with sheep experiences, you don't understand much about the shepherd. And a sheep, you see, starts very early in the morning, around 4 a.m., and he goes out and grazes. And one of the things I didn't know was that sheep while they are eating, are always moving, always walking. They never stand still to eat. And from 4 a.m. until 10 a.m. they eat. And when the sun makes their body hot and they're tired and they're thirsty, they want drink. But the Good Shepherd, the Good Shepherd, you see, he knows what is best for his sheep. And he knows that it is not wise for a sheep to drink when his stomach is filled with undigested grass. So you know what he does? He makes the sheep lie down. And the sheep either cannot or will not feed while he's sitting down. So he chews the cud. And you see, that's nature's way of digestion. And those of you who have been made lie down in green pastures you know it's because the shepherd is wanting us to digest something let's face it some of us in our lives go too fast we're always on the move and though we're eating we're not feeding and we need time for digestion and then the Lord being the good shepherd 
He leads us beside the still waters from which we can drink. I learned something else about sheep for which I'm very, very thankful. A sheep is a very timid soul. He does not like troubled waters. He will not drink from a flowing stream. He wants everything to be peaceful when he drinks. Now, shepherd knows this. And a shepherd does not make fun of his sheep, nor does he intimidate them, nor does he make them go through more than what they can take. He understands them and their frustrations, and he doesn't force them, but he leads them. He leads them besides still waters. And if they follow him, they drink and find refreshment. When you people were assembled here for Thanksgiving morning for worship, that's when I knew my voice was silent that day. I knew what the psalmist was talking about when he said, Be still and know when I, that I am God. When you cannot speak, and some of you have had that experience, it's the first time I've ever known it. When you open your mouth and nothing comes out, you'd be surprised what ideas soak into your imagination. What type of ideas penetrate and drip into your soul. But I learned a lot in that period of silence because I believed that the Lord was leading me beside these still waters for some reason. And the only thing that kept me going during those days was that concept that I'm feeding from still waters. I learned a lot about God, about some of you, and a tremendous amount about myself. And I thank God, yes, even for that experience. Because through this, you see, after being made to lie down in green pastures and then being led by the still waters, I found my soul being restored. I come to you today a different person than I was 17 weeks ago in this pulpit. I can't fully understand it nor comprehend it. I really don't mean to frighten you or concern you about it, but I feel that something is happening in my life. It's not the voice, the surgery. Something's happening in my life, and God, I believe, is leading me in paths that are right for his name's sake. And that's why I tell it to you. I'm not trying in any way to capitalize on what appears as a tragedy, but rather to be a testimony, not of what has happened in the past, but what I believe is going to happen in the future. 
because I feel my life and my ministry changing, changing in different paths, which I believe are right paths, paths that he is leading me and you on. I mention this, you see, not trying to usurp the position of the Almighty, but I am your pastor. And may I remind you that pastor is just the Latin word for shepherd. And what happens to me, I'm sorry, affects you. Now something's happening here. I don't know where it's going to lead us. I have no idea. Because you see, sheep have lousy eyesight. They can't see more than 10 or 15 yards in front of them. And all they can really do is follow the one in front of them whether he be a shepherd or a hireling or just another sheep. I'll tell you something else about sheep. They have a lousy, poor sense of direction. A cow, a horse, a dog, a cat, let them get lost. They'll find their way home, but not a sheep. A sheep has to be led. And if a sheep is ever going to get home, it has to be led that way and I really believe God who is our shepherd is leading us individually and corporatively into paths of righteousness for his name's sake not for ours but they are for leading us to the destiny for which we have been created now that's exciting I say, I, I can't tell you where all these paths are going to lead us. But I can tell you where already they have begun to lead me. It's just as David, whoever wrote that 23rd Psalm, said, already those paths have begun to lead me in not being so frightened. That's right. In not being so frightened. I've traveled through some deep waters. Maybe that's what it took. But today I stand before you not nearly as frightened as I was six months ago. Yes. My initials, if you've ever taken the time to use them and allow them to spell a word, they spell ram, R-A-M, the male sheep. <laughs> that sounds mighty, doesn't it? Magnificent. The bark's worse than the bite. Those of you who really know me know me as a lamb rather than a ram. I know that. You'd be surprised if I told you the number of nights that I have not slept because of fear of this church's program. Because of some of you. because of myself. Some of those fears are gone, ladies and gentlemen. Now don't get me wrong, you don't change overnight. I still get uptight. I still am graciously concerned, but as far as fearing, now, his rod and his staff, they're going to do the comforting more in my life. I've had that sheep experience, I guess, to understand it. 
I had to sit down by that pasture, drink from those still waters, before I could be led into that experience where I need not fear so much anymore. And I'm not going to do it. And I learned something else. I am in the process of learning how to deal better and more effectively with mine enemies. Yes, I have enemies. I don't like it. But if you're going to be in the kind of work that I'm in, the Bible says you're not doing your work unless you have some enemies. But I'm funny. I like everybody to like me. And sometimes I go too far in trying to get people to like me. I know that. I despise confrontation. Despise it. Sometimes it has to come. And I've learned through this process. I've already talked to a couple of the committees of the session about it, and they're going to hear more, and I, I hope all of us can catch it. I'm getting off the defensive. You know, that's what enemies make you do. To get on the defensive. And I've been spending entirely too much time with my enemies trying to please those that I'll never be able to please. And I'm going to get on the offense. Quit fighting and continue feeding. That's the new theme. Because we're in the house of the Lord. We are guests of the host of the house. Do you realize what that means? No, I don't think you do because we're of the Western world and you have to have some concept of Mid-Eastern hospitality. We're not altogether rude in our manners, but we don't understand what this means. But in the Middle East, when you are a guest in the home, your host not only must feed you, but he must protect you. And no enemy is allowed to come into that host's home and get you unless the host himself is willing to lay down his life and die before they get to the guests. We are guests in the host's house. Let's realize that. And let us realize that our enemies cannot hurt us unless we allow them. I'm not spending any more time with my enemies other than to love them. They're going to peer in and look and make comment and make sneers and get upset perhaps call me sorts of names but I'm going to be sitting down and feeding at that table that my host has prepared for me and only smile at the enemies and love them let my host worry about them. I found also the experience of the sheep, of what it means and feels like to have your head anointed. To have your head anointed. My surgery, you know, is on the neck. And my head was so sore for so many days. Every time I got up from the hospital bed, I thought it was going to fall off. Not the bed, my head. And I realized what a comforting hand. A nurse's touch 
anointing oil could do with that tender part to the anatomy. You see a poor sheep, his eyesight is so poor, his sense of direction is lousy. In his head, trying to get close to the food would be jabbed by rocks, briars would scratch, thorns would get into the coat. But every night, every night, the big shepherd would take his his staff and he would put it across the entranceway of the fold and every sheep would stop one at a time. And then the shepherd would take his big burly hands and he would look carefully examining the head of the sheep to see if there were any hurts. And if there were any hurts, he would take from a vial some oil and he would anoint that little head with oil and make those hurts go away. God has healed me and is in the process of making that complete, I'm sure. But God has used you people in the healing process to anoint my head with oil. You've done it with the ink from your pens, with your prayers. God has used your prayers working through you to help affect my healing. You've done it through your patience, through your presence, your flowers, your food, and above all, your love and concern and your presence here this morning. I am indebted to so many people, to the session of this church that has been outstanding. Some members of whom think I should not be standing here this morning and are a little upset with me because they think my return is premature. I'm very grateful to Andrew Bruder, who has so effectively and easily moved into this pulpit and has been a great help and inspiration to so many people. Thank you, Andy. To Jim Hepler, Sarah Jean Bowers, and Claude Bailey for their great help. Forgive me for naming these people, but they're unheralded, and you don't see or hear too much about them. But those people moved in and took on added administrative responsibilities. Phil Ailey, Chris and Gary Dankmeyer, you have a great church staff and how they, good they were to me. And I want to thank one person in particular. The one who communicated with me about a world from which I was shut off. Who prepared the list for the food for those of you who fed me for so long. The one who answered the same questions 1,500 different times. Who had to be strong and firm with some of us who didn't realize the seriousness of the experience and really the one who found out that she had more difficulty with the time with the one she was trying to help more than anyone else and that's Bernie Kennedy thank you and to the medical people some of whom are here today and who took such good care of my body and to my family 
I wish my mother could be here today, my sister. But my mother's been having a rough time. Yesterday she was transferred from the hospital to Negley House. She's had a cerebral weakness. My sister flew in from Virginia to help yesterday, and they're seated today by a radio in Shadyside of Pittsburgh listening to this broadcast. And I'm very grateful for them on this, which is a rather important weekend for the Morlich family. And all I can say to all of you is thank you from the depths of my heart. I know my voice is not very strong, but thank you, and in the midst of all of the trouble and the concern, I feel today like one of the most fortunate persons in all the world, and my cup surely overfloweth. I praise God for that, and the fact that you people have anointed me. I know I've been quite long, and it's time to close. I would like to do so in a little different way. I'd like to tell you a story, I don't even know its source, about two men who sat on a platform and who both were to recite the 23rd Psalm to a vast and great audience. The young man stood up and with eloquent tones and like a silver-throated auditor he started the Lord is my shepherd and he was so magnificent that when it was finished everybody clapped so loudly that he had no choice but to give an encore and to repeat it a second time then came the other man old and decrepit his voice broken his back bent and he said the 23rd Psalm and when it was all over there was nothing but silence then the first man stood up and said, I would like to make an explanation. I stood up and recited the 23rd Psalm and you clapped. My friend stood up and there was silence. The difference you see is that I know the Psalm. My friend knows the shepherd. And all of you who have been through the experience and know the shepherd, Please, for our closing prayer, join with me and from memory, please recite according to the King James Version with me the 23rd Psalm. Let us pray. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And now may the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, 
to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen.